So for 2003, I said I wanted to make $40,000. And an agent in my office looked at me and said, you can't do that. That was my biggest roadblock. Don't tell me I can't do that. <laughs> I made $60,000. <laughs> Welcome to House Talks, the podcast where Florida's real estate secrets are unveiled. I'm your host, Anthony Scott, and I'm here to guide you through the ever-evolving landscape of real estate in the Sunshine State. Whether you're investing, closing deals, managing properties, or building your network, House Talks is your partner in conquering the Florida market. Join us as we chat with the biggest minds in real estate, sharing insights and strategies that will propel your real estate career to new heights. So grab your notepad and let's get started. Uh, Hey, everybody. My name is Anthony Scott. Most people know me by Tony from Title House, and you're listening to the podcast that shares insights and strategies for people who love real estate and finance. Uh, Today, we're talking about perseverance with Nestorine Blair, who's been in real estate since 2002. We'll discuss everything there is to know about uh, perseverance. And uh, thanks for joining us, Nestorine. Thank you for having me. So we go way back. since 2002. <laughs> since 2002, we've known each other. Uh, yeah, 2002, and, uh, 2003. Mm-hmm. That's when we first met. So uh, if, if you don't mind, tell the, list, uh, the listeners, uh, actually, how'd you get into real estate? So um, by fluke. So I moved to Orlando from New York in 2001. And... I worked for a huge insurance company back in New York in their accounting department. And I got to Orlando and everybody I interviewed with told me they're not hiring me because I was making too much money in New York. They can't pay me. And it was at that time I was making about $60,000. And in 2001, they were offering me $17,000 when I got to Orlando. (laughs) I'm like, no way. I was newly separated, two kids, so I became a single mom. And I remember I moved here in August, and then 9-11 happened, so that made it worse. So nobody was hiring anybody anyway, right? So I remember getting up um, Thanksgiving morning, and I said, there's no way I'm buying these kids their Christmas gift on a credit card, because that's all I had at that time. I left my husband with $3,000 and two suitcases, (laughs) So um, I went to the mall and I said, if I can work in one of these retail stores, I could get the discount and I could buy their gifts that way. And JCPenney's hired me and I I went to work every day, worked as if I was still in New York working my job. Right. I gave it my all. And I remember people used to say to me, why are you working so hard? And I said, I didn't, the guy didn't ask me to come get a job here. I came and asked him for a job. So I got to give him my all. And there was this girl working there. And she said to me, Nestrine, if you can get people to leave this store with so much of these ugly clothes, you can do real estate. Simply as that. And I said, really? And I said, I never thought about it, but... The reason why I pursued it was then I realized I would have freedom of time, right? Because I would set my own schedule. And my boss at the time, I talked to him about it and he said, okay, I'll set your schedule so you can go to school. And I went to school, got my license. He was one of my first clients. Oh, wow. Yes. (laughs) 
That is interesting. Yep, yep. Uh, I sold his house in Orlando in three days and got him a house in um, Daytona Beach. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. So, so okay, so after you started, were, were you still working at JCPenney's or were you still working at I did because I'm not, I'm not a quitter. And um, I was grateful for the opportunity he gave me, right? Because he could have said to me, I can't give you time off to go to school. He worked around my schedule, right? So I, I kept the job, not only just, and I'm going to be really honest, um, I, I could work there two days a week and still get the discount, right? Why not? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would still work there on the weekends. On He would beg me to come in on the weekends because he really liked what I did when they have a sale. Because I would get people leaving that place with $1,000 worth of clothes, which was a lot in 2000. Oh, wow. wow. So I, I stayed there for a while until real estate picked up. Okay. Okay. And so then that's when you really just started spending more time doing real estate. Yes. Full time. Okay. Okay. So that was like right before, cause we met like 2002. I think me and Sherry was yep. the real estate offices and you were at so DMAC. We right? met 2003 because when I started in real estate, my office was in a Koei and I remembered we moved a couple months later to, um, over on a Popka Vineland. And that's when we met. That's I remember right. distinctly. Yeah. <laughs> right by Bay Hill. Yep. Yeah, the 7-Eleven right over there. Yes. So, yes. Right, so, okay, so what is, okay, so my question to you is, uh, do you have any tricks or uh, for overcoming like roadblocks? Because I'm pretty sure you had, you, you. I mean, you've had many. I mean, both of us have. We've had many roadblocks since we've been in this industry. So, I mean, what? What tricks uh, do you use or did you recommend for overcoming roadblocks? My my biggest roadblock, my first roadblock, I have had, yeah, I had a lot of roadblocks, right? So my first one that I distinctly remember, though, was our office manager asked us to get her goals for the, the following year done. And I remember I said I wanted to make $40,000. So I started like in late 2002. So for 2003, I said I wanted to make $40,000. And an agent in my office looked at me and said, you can't do that. That was my biggest roadblock. Don't tell me I can't do that. <laughs> I, I made $60,000. <laughs> so what I'm telling you, you couldn't do that. But, but I, don't that tell me I money or That wasn't enough money. I mean, what was the reason? I don't know. He said, he said, I'm not going to make that much he said I wouldn't make that much. So I said, really? Wow. And I showed him and I made 60 and now he works for me. Get out of here. So what was the trick to it though? What did you so do? So for me is determination, right? Determination. Yeah. And I had to, what I realized was when I went to real estate school, we had an awesome training program when I left for a whole month. But then I got all the training and I was like, so what do I do next? Because what you learn in school and what you learn in that training program has nothing to do with what you do when you get into real estate. Yeah, in the real world. So yeah. I had a lot of roadblocks where I had to realize that Nestrine, you got to bring yourself, you got to teach yourself what you need to know, right? Yeah, yeah. So I taught myself a lot of stuff. Because for some reason, and I don't understand why, people wouldn't share their knowledge. 
right? They wouldn't. It wasn't easy. You're one of the few persons that I meet that is willing to share everything you know. Well, you know, people I, are very skeptical about telling you how to do things. Like, I'm like, enough money is in Orlando for all of us. And that's the that it that's a roadblock that I got over so that when I open my own office, I know how to treat people. Yeah. I know how to treat agents. Because I tell people all the time, when you die, you can't use the knowledge you have. So pass it on to some people who will make the, the world better. My philosophy is if somebody's blessed you with the knowledge, you need to bless other people. And, you know, that, one of the one of the well, I mean, and, and I, I truly believe that because me meeting you, somebody blessed me to get in the industry to meet you, uh, Carol and other folks. And so right. and, and to this day, I mean, you know, we those those two guys, we talk, we chat, we we share not, we share, you know, new ideas, insights. Now, I mean, we we constantly, I mean, it's going on 30 year relationship with the two guys that actually got me into real estate. So exactly. and like you say, I mean, there's enough money for both of us. I mean, we've both done well doing it. So there's no reason to sit around and, and you know and keep it in your back pocket. Um but you know, when like you say, when you leave here, you can't take it. Yeah, and take I it. heard something um, along the way too that says, if you help enough people get to where they want to go, you'll get to where you want to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I truly believe that. So, um, but that, that's that, that. I think that's a big issue that a lot of people in our industry have to overcome. Is being mm -hmm. I call it being selfish. They're being too selfish. And if, and if you know and, and, uh, the mm -hmm. ones that don't, that are not uh, necessarily uh, making it happen in real estate, those are the selfish ones. Because the people that are not selfish are doing well. They don't they don't have time to be uh, stingy. <laughs> they, they don't think about being stingy. You know what I mean? Because they they see that they're 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 wealthy in knowledge. They're wealthy in you know uh, relationships. You know they're wealthy in finance, and and they understand that. So. You know, that's that's something I think that, you know, people like you are and other folks um, and especially the two guys that I know real well. Uh, we just have to keep pushing that. I honestly think we need to we probably need to push that even more because, I mean, it doesn't do us. It doesn't do anybody any good to keep it in your back pocket at the end of the it day. It doesn't. It doesn't. End of the day. So. So what would you say would be your like biggest what's the biggest challenge for buyers and sellers in today's market? Um, trust. Trust. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say trust is trust in the, the system, right? Um, most buyers and sellers right now are like on a fence. Um, should I buy? Should I wait? The market is going to crash and listening to naysayers. They're listening to the wrong people. Um, my uncle said this and my aunt said that, and, um, this friend told me this and what do those people, what do they do? <laughs> oh, she's a teacher, I'm an accountant, uh, <laughs> nobody, none of these advisors are in the real estate market. They bought a house. Okay. But everybody's situation is different. What's your situation? Tell me what your situation is and let's figure it out because it can be figured out. So they trust I, the wrong people. <laughs> they trust the wrong people. 
And I tell them you can change your interest rate because that's what most people are fussing about, but you cannot change the price of your house. Whatever you pay for your house, that's what you paid for your house. Yeah. But the interest rate you have will fluctuate with the market. You, you can change your interest rate with the market. So when you're going to say I'm not buying at 8% or 7% because the, the, that's what it is, I don't, I don't buy that. Because what's going to happen to the price of houses? If interest rate falls, the price of houses is going to go up. Okay. And that's basic economics, right? All day long. But no, they're waiting for the crash. A lot of cars are crashing. I don't see the housing market crashing. I don't, I don't know. Hey, well, I, I tell folks, hey, this was funny to me. It's like, oh, they're waiting for the market to go real bad. Well, I, well, think about this. Fannie and Freddie, Fannie and Freddie got more experience dealing with dealing with loss than anybody. So do you honestly think they're going to let the market turn like it did last time? They're going to do whatever they can to keep people in their properties. So exactly. I tell people all the time, Tony, that the banks does not want to foreclose on your house. They don't want it. They're not in the business of owning a house. You know. They're in the business of holding a note. Right? And they they don't want these houses because they're not realtors. They don't want to buy and sell houses. Mm -hmm. They want to lend people money. That's what they want to do. But people are um, all, you know, they're up in arms. And what they don't realize is that 2008 was a banking problem, not an economic problem, right? Yeah. It has, it, it affected the economy, but it started with the banks. Interest rates has something to do with the economy, has nothing to do with a house. If you know what, if you follow what I'm saying? See where you're coming from. Yeah, it was a banking situation. Like, it was a banking situation because the lenders are the one that created the problem. The, the interest rate is high because the, the country is in debt and everything else. And it's totally different. Totally different. Yeah. yeah. It's Absolutely. totally different. So there's no way the banks are better prepared this time. They're not going to let 2008 happen again. They're not, they're not. So what do you see is going to happen? What, what do you, so, so what do you see that's happening in the market now as far as, uh, as far as like houses, you know, time on the market, you know, more listings, less listings. What, what do you feel is going on? Well, there, there are less listings because, um, sellers are, it's taking longer to sell the homes because buyers are not buying as fast as they used to. But I tell people every day, real estate is going to keep going no matter what. Because a baby is born every day. Somebody gets divorced. Somebody turns 21. <laughs> um, somebody had to relocate because of their job. That's not going to stop. No. And as long as that continues, real estate is going to keep going. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Yeah, so for people who are sitting, the thing about it is there are a lot of agents just talking, talking, talking and not working. But they're talking to the wrong people. <laughs> well, that too. They're not talking they keep to... talking about the same thing every day, the interest rate. Okay, the interest rate is what it is. People were buying houses when interest rate was 12%. Hey, I bought my first when it was like nine. A little bit. I think I paid 8.99 for my... When I bought my house, it was seven. Yeah, I remember that. So, 
So um, tell me about a resource or service that uh, that you provide that really changes the experience of your customers. Well, my customers and I, I, I was speaking to somebody yesterday and I, I'll tell you, I'll give you an experience, right? My thing that I offer my customers is I'm present. A lot of real estate agents are not present. And when I mean present is my clients can find me. My clients know that if I don't pick up my phone, I'm going to call them back. It's very rare you'll call me and my voicemail is full. Very, very rare. If I'm traveling, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. But I'll give you an example. Um, Carol, you talked about Carol. She called me one morning and she I guess she called me more than once and she didn't reach me. And the next thing I knew, my doorbell was ringing. It was my sister. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she said, Carol's been trying to reach you and you didn't answer your phone. And I'm like, and you came to my house because of that? Oh, she wow. said, yes, because if you don't answer your phone, something is wrong. <laughs> wrong. Oh, wow. Wow. So Carol called my sister because I didn't pick up my phone. She, she couldn't find me for an hour. Wow. That's what I offer to my clients. Wow. So because a lot of clients complain that they cannot reach their realtors. Yeah, they, they definitely do that. They definitely do that. Yep. So... I mean, you've been in this for 20, almost 22 years now. Um, and I'm pretty sure you have like a daily regimen. So what is the most important thing on your to-do list every morning? My most important thing is to solve any problem that my existing contract has. We got to get that out of the way first thing. I'm not traveling during the day with issues on a, on a contract. So if I'm having any kind of client issues with a lender, with an inspector, whoever, I'm getting that out the way. Because the one thing I tell my clients, I said, listen, during our process, it's a mini marriage. We got to communicate. We got to get along and we got to get to the closing table. Then the marriage is, 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 is on pause, right? <laughs> it's never over after that, but it's on pause. So I get rid of the problems. I do the hardest thing on my schedule first thing in the morning. Because if I attack the hardest thing when I'm awake and I'm fresh, then the rest of my day is smooth. Mm. But if you leave the hard things for last, it never gets done. Because yeah. it's something, usually something you don't want to do. It definitely rides. It definitely rides you throughout the day. Exactly. So so you're broken now. Uh, when did you get your broker's license? 2010. Okay, so and your your office is off of Kirkman. How many agents do you have? Um, 20. Okay, okay. And so yeah, we're a small brokerage. We're very I I have really personalized service because I when I decided to open my brokerage, I decided to take from all the companies I've worked with what I liked, mm -hmm. and I don't do the things I didn't like with the brokerage. Okay. Like I couldn't reach my broker on a weekend or one company I worked with, the broker would tell me call the legal hotline. Why are you the broker? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Um, and, and like I said, after going to training school, I didn't know what to do. 
So I have my agent shadow me. I'll go with them on their first couple appointments because what people don't realize is showing a house, there's an art to showing a house. So you have to know that. You don't just open the door and let the person in and let them have free reign. There's an art to showing a house to get the person to say yes. So I teach my agents that. No, that's actually pretty good because um, I remember when I was selling cars, you know, that was one of the big things they had when we were, you know, when you get a customer and you get them in a, you get them in a vehicle, you know, it's called a demo and you mm -hmm. would, you, you know, you take them down the street, you let them drive it. And then, you know, you pull up into a vacant parking lot and you get outside and you open every door and you pop the trunk and you pop the hood. Exactly. There's an art to it, right? And you, and you hit the sunroof, you, you hit everything possible you know, just to get them to just be more interested in the vehicle. So, you know, I, I, I totally agree. It, it is an art to it. And that's, that's probably what a lot of, uh, a lot of agents get away from is taking. So, <laughs> I worked with a, a, a lender who, when she referred agents to me, she would go with me to the first showing. And I remember we showed up at this showing. Thank God we were early. The client came later but we walked in the house and she said, oh my God, these tiles are ugly. And I'm like, shh. The client walked in and she said, oh my gosh, what gorgeous flooring. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time she showed up. The last oh, time she showed up when I heard she was sending me a client. I said, because you cannot, you have, there's an art to it. Your taste is not the client's taste. Yeah, that's true. So I show my clients um, maybe three houses the first day. Okay. And after I've shown them three houses, I can go shop for a house for them without them being there. Oh, wow. Because I, I observe what they like okay. and, and don't like. Okay, okay. And it doesn't take me more than three homes to figure out what their taste is. You have to study your clients. You don't just show, you got, you got to know these people. So you got to have conversation with them to know where they're coming from, where they, what they like, you know, their experiences, because that helps a lot. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So most agents, it's about them and not the client. For me, it's about the client and not about me. My job is to deliver service, good service, quality service. But what I like has nothing to do with the client. Definitely. Wow. So I, I, I must say uh, you do have a lot to offer as far as uh, training agents because that, that showing properties and getting them, get, and getting them to uh, be more interested and, uh, and what they're seeing instead of just running through the house is, is definitely what's needed. So, yes. all right. So you have a small broker. Are you interested in recruiting more agents? Yes, I am. Okay. So, uh, so how about telling our audience a little, uh, you know, what they can do to, uh, to get more information on you and. Oh, where can they find me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's okay, go. so I'm, I'm Blair Realty Group on Facebook. I also on Instagram. My cell phone is 321-438-6228. That's the phone that I always answer. <laughs> 
Um, uh, so uh, we have BlairRealtyGroup.com on the website. You can con contact me through my website. And um, cell phone is the easiest way to get to me. But yeah, website is great also. Leave your information. You can leave your information on the website and someone will call you right back. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for taking time out your busy schedule. Uh, hey, everybody, this is Anthony Scott from Title House, and thanks for listening to House Talks Podcast. That's H-O-U-Z-T-A-L-K-S. Be sure to check out the link in the description to subscribe to my show. Uh, you can also click the notification button and get notified when we drop a new episode. And be sure to comment on our website at H-O-U-Z-T-A-L-K-S dot com. Uh, this show is brought to you by Title House. And if you or anyone you know is looking to buy, sell, or refinance, we're here to help with your closing needs. You can contact us at 321-201-0436. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to House Talks. I hope today's episode has provided you with valuable insights and ideas to enhance your real estate journey. Remember, success is just a conversation away. And here at House Talk, we're committed to bringing more conversations to you. Don't forget to visit us at housetalks.com. That's H-O-U-Z-T-A-L-K-S.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast platform for more updates. Until next time, keep thriving in the vibrant world of real estate.